everyone, and welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. For links and more, you can visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 141, and it's 141 because this is episode 141. I want to welcome everyone who's joining me live as I record this on Periscope. It's so fun to be here live with you, to see the hearts flowing, to have right now 32 people on live and to see your comments, and thank you for sharing. I also want to say hello to everyone who's listening to this later at traditionalcookingschool.com or knowyourfoodpodcast.com and of course those on YouTube who are watching the replay as well. So this is going to be great. We have a really timely subject to discuss today. Um, It's eight tips to help you rein in your food budget and the reason we're talking about this was because of a question I received from a reader named Mariah recently. I'm going to read you her question then talk about um, you know why this is so important and then launch into the eight tips I have for you. And as I share, if you're here live with me, thank you for the hearts that are flowing. Keep them coming. And if you have comments that you want to add about anything I'm saying, please feel welcome to do so because um, I love to see it and I love to have your participation. And if you like what you're hearing, you can also share on Twitter, Facebook, or Periscope um, and invite other people to join us live. And then if you're listening to this as a replay later, and you want in on some of the action, just know that every Thursday sometime I pop on Periscope to record this podcast live. So if you're doing nothing on a Thursday, um, check out the app, look for at Trad Cook School. The handle's right behind me if you're watching the video. That's what you want to follow on Periscope. And if you do follow me on Periscope, then your phone will give you a notification when I'm hopping on on Thursday. And then you can join in the fun next time. And that'll be so fun to have you. All right, so here's the question that came in from from Mariah. I just went over the past year of my finances. I'm shocked to find out that I spend an average of over $1,000 per month. I have five people in my family. My kids are tween-aged. I'm so sad that it costs this much. What do other families spend? Do you have budget-friendly menu tips? Okay, Um, That's a great question, Mariah, and I think it's so timely this time of year because it's the end of the year and many of us were thinking, you know, what was this year like and what can we do differently next year? What can we improve? What can we fix? What can we change? What kind of goals can we meet? What are we going to work on? And for many families, um, budgeting and finance comes to the top of the list. Yes, it's the typical, I want to lose weight or I want to get strong or healthy or, you know, I want to lift so many pounds or whatever. But often we have this, you know, I need to get a handle on my finances. I'd like to save more money next year. I'd like to bring this budget back under control. So it's very timely. And so if you're listening to this in December and you're already thinking about next year, I hope this will help you. Or if you're coming along in January and, you know, thinking forward to 2016, we're already in it. uh, I hope this helps you as well. Actually, no matter when you listen to this, I hope it helps you because even though it's the end of the year or shortly the beginning of the year, when we typically think about these things, it's never um, too late or too early. It's always timely to think about keeping our budgets under control. So thank you for the question, Mariah. And I have um, eight tips to talk about today. They cannot possibly 
be exhaustive. Uh, this is like a 20, 30 minute podcast and I have eight tips and I'm wondering, I hope I, I hope I can share them all in the allotted time. Um, but I can't possibly cover everything. So I'm going to share some things, maybe simplify some things. And what I want you to do is to take it home with you and think and ponder and look for more resources to help you implement the tips that I'm sharing. And if you would come on by the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 141. Uh, if you're listening live, that's not there yet. But if you're if you're listening or watching when, um, the replay of this, those notes are there for you. Knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 141. Come on by and add your tips or your comments to make this a really robust, helpful resource for all of us who are interested in keeping our food budgets under control. So here's eight tips for you. Tip number one is all about our mindset. I think it's so important that we take the right perspective. Um, we need to compare the right things. The reason this is so important is because often you hear people talking about food is so expensive and junk food is so cheap. There was a documentary a couple years ago where a family was on food stamps. Well, maybe they weren't on food stamps, but the, this, the point is not that they were on food stamps. The point was somebody was saying, why don't you like eat fruit or apples? And the mom was like a, a Big Mac or whatever the burger was. Is I can get two of those or, or it's less expensive than an apple. And so when they have these food dollars and there's a finite number of them and they're just comparing like fresh produce with fast food, they're comparing those two things and they're just looking at how much does each one cost. Um, you know, that's a comparison. And I want to say that let's not make that comparison because that's actually not a fair comparison. That's not the right perspective we can take. Yes, it's a short-term perspective. Like I have so much money, this is where I can spend it. We all, of course, you know, need to stay within budget, but I think we need to ask some bigger questions, some bigger mindset questions that will help us have the right perspective. And so here's what I want to suggest as our perspective. Junk food is not as cheap as we think. And I'm not saying anybody here thinks it's, you know, isn't enlightened with what I'm about to say. Just in general society, junk food is not as cheap as we think. When you consider the host of problems that it can introduce into our lives or cause in the future, poor health, lack of um, productivity, uh, doctor bills, um, invasive surgeries and procedures to correct things that come up, a low quality of life, not being happy, those all have costs. They may have cost in money. They may have a cost in happiness. They may have a cost in productivity. They may have a cost in your quality of life or your family's happiness. They take their toll. So the right perspective, I think we need to have a, a future view of what we spend today and the impact it can have for years and years and years on the quality of our life and the quality of our health. That's the right perspective that I think we need to be thinking about and comparing when we're spending money right now. Every quarter we spend doesn't just end right now. Every apple we buy, every fast food hamburger we buy right now, they don't just end right now with the exchange of money for the food and then we consume it. The results of either eating the healthy thing or eating the unhealthy thing, those results last into the future. And the fact is, the other side of the coin of this, is right now real food does cost money and it can cost quite a bit of money in the short term. I am shocked to hear how, how the prices of raw milk in certain areas of the country. It's unbelievable. And I'm not trying to knock the farmers who are charging that because it's a reflection of what it costs them to produce that quality food. Um, I just want to suggest that through the tips I'm going to share with you here, that um, 
your real food budget doesn't have to be whole foods expensive and you got to play with things to account for the cost of certain things in your area and the priorities that you and your family have for what kind of foods you need to be eating to maintain your health and longevity. All right, so that was tip number one. It was all about perspective. And you know what? The sun went behind the clouds, and all of a sudden this glare stopped. So I really think most of this glare issue is out of the window that's behind the camera. All right, so tip number two, we're going to move into more practical steps now. Tip number one was all about mindset. Um, now, tip number two is practical. It's sort of the transition between the um, mindset to the practical. It's a really important step we need to take in thinking and strategizing. And that really is to do some prioritizing and some big picture planning. Um, before we spend any kind of money or before we decide, <laughs> thank you so much. You're saying better without the glare. Me too. Clouds just stay right there. So, um, before we do any kind of, you know, this is what I'm going to spend this month or, or you may have a certain amount of money, you know, you can spend, but you got to know what you're spending it on. And that's where you have to make some decisions on, um, on where you're going to spend it and how you're going to spend it. And this isn't the same answer for everybody. You have to spend some time thinking about the most important foods for your family. You may have health issues. You may have geology, geography issues. You may have, you know, protein needs, maybe because of pregnancy or somebody's on the GAPS diet and you can't have starches. So you have to consider what are the most important foods for my family, me to eat. And you have to spend your food budget accordingly. There may be some things you do without because like raw milk is very, very important for you or high quality pastured beef is really important for you. Or, um, you, you know, you, you can't buy your your neighbor's eggs you have to get eggs from somebody else because your neighbor's just feeding normal chickens they may be ch cheap but the normal chicken scratch has genetically modified soy and corn in it so you have to you know take special pay more to get eggs that are soy free so you have to make those decisions for your own family and yourself what are the most important foods you need to eat and where do we need to uh, you know, leave room in the budget so that we have to have those things so that we, you know, you have the money because you have to have those certain foods. Um, I cannot answer that question for you. You need to spend some time thinking about it. And if whether it's in your head or a list, I mean, ideally, you're talking about allocating money. So ideally, you want to be writing these things down and actually prioritizing. And I'm getting a comment that it's tough. It is really tough. We have to make some tough choices. And I'm going to some other tips I have today are going to help us with some of that. Okay, so another tip number three, really important, stop feeling guilty. <laughs> I guess this is a big picture kind of thing, too. Okay, so think about food. It's right up there with having shelter over your head to protect you from the elements, having air to breathe and water to drink. Food nourishes and heals. It either makes you sick or keeps you healthy. And we live in this society where food is devalued, not only because fast food chains and convenience stores and the processed food industry, you know, are spreading this message about saving money and couponing and, you know, all all those media messages that just make food so cheap and they, they reduce the impact. So we have to work hard to put it in its right perspective. And so what happens to us, those of us who care about food, is I think we fight this battle of feeling guilty and like 
guilty that we're spending more money on food than our best friend or our parents or um, our siblings or our close friends. And I'm saying we need to stop feeling guilty about it. Number one, it's a reflection of where our priorities are. And if we're really placing um, a value on food as nourishment and healing, then it makes sense that we're that we're um, prioritizing that in our budget and how we spend money. Not to say we shouldn't look to save money, but I think we should just stop feeling guilty about it. And we should actually celebrate the role that we're putting of food um, in our lives. Practically speaking, we're putting it really high in our lives because it's high on the budget. It's a recognition, even if there's this bigger argument of food shouldn't cost that much or whatever, we can make that argument, but just it is what it is. Real food does cost more. In the long term, we're going to have a better life and be more healthy, Lord willing. But in the short term, it costs more. So without going down the road of saying, why does it cost that more and da-da-da, just stop feeling guilty that it does and stop feeling guilty that you need to prioritize it in your budget. Stop feeling guilty you might spend more than you know your neighbor. It's the way it is. And embrace it and own it. You have made this choice. We all have choices and this is a choice that we make, that food is important. And I love seeing the hearts flowing. Thank you all. That makes me just know that this is resonating with you. Okay, so tip number four. Now we're getting into practical. And I'm getting an agree in the comments. Wonderful. And now it's getting quite dark. <laughs> I wonder if I should turn this light on. Too glary. All right. Um, okay, so tip number four, something that's a no-brainer. I think everybody here is going to say, yes, 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 yes. So make instead of buy. And I have some examples for you. So assuming that you know certain foods have made the cut. Thank you very much for the comment that it's not too dark. So assuming that certain foods and you know have made the cut in our budget, we are pursuing those. You can save money if you can make them instead of buy them. Uh, examples, make your own bread. Uh, last summer when it was too hot for us to bake and life was really busy for some reason, one week I picked up some loaves of bread, good quality bread at the store. And at $4 a loaf and, you know, buying four of them or so for our family, that was $16. And then that was so convenient. And then the next week I was like, I'm going to do it again. Right. And so for about six weeks, I purchased bread <laughs> for our family. And then I was like, ah, this is a lot of money. I have got to break this habit and go back to baking our bread, which I have done for, I don't know, 15 years, more than 15 years. So bread is one of those things you can make your, for yourself. Whatever kind of bread, grain-free bread or you know, regular whole wheat bread or ancient grains bread, you're going to save money if you buy it yourself. I mean, make it yourself. Fermented foods. Yes, there are wonderful fermented foods out there. There's kombucha, there's Bubby's sauerkraut and Bubby's pickles. There's other artisan fermented foods that you can find in a health food store or in a regular grocery store with a healthy health food section, you can find wonderful fermented foods, but they really can break the bank if you rely on them. So learn to make your own sauerkraut, learn to make your own kombucha. The ingredients can be purchased in bulk or seasonally. You can do it ahead of time. You're going to save money. I'm getting a comment. We bake our own bread products. Excellent. Another comment, making kombucha is so cheap. Yes, it's amazingly cheap. I mean, three to four to five dollars for a bottle as opposed to like less than that for a whole gallon. I haven't done the cost savings, but I know it's way, way, way cheaper to make your own. 
We have resources at traditionalcookingschool.com all about how to make your own kombucha and your continuous brew kombucha. So if you go to traditionalcookingschool.com, search for kombucha, the search results will give you all our resources. $10 for sauerkraut at the local food co-op. See what I mean? It's not bad to support these artisan um, um, food producers when we can. But if we do it on a regular basis, that's when our food budgets get out of control. So if you can make it yourself and you need to cut the budget, this is a really key place to do it. Um, Instead of buying, um, if you're a non-coffee drinker, but you do an herbal coffee, like there's Dandy Blend or Ticino or whatever, if instead you would make your own herbal coffee blend, you're going to save a lot of money. I have a resource for you. It's the DIY Herbal Coffee Book by Jessica Espinoza from Delicious Obsessions. The link to that is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash herbal coffee. Excellent and even actually more healthful recipes than buying it. You can make it at home for cheaper and they're better for you. Um, this own, your own DIY herbal coffee blends. An example of something that my son loves, he loves gamazio. Gamazio is a toasted sesame seed and seasoned up like um, condiment seasoning blend. He sprinkles it on eggs and salad. I grew up with it. My mom has always made it. Well, there's this fantastic one in the store in a little jar <laughs> and I bought some, um, maybe a year or two ago and it's fantastic. And then we ran out of it and it's this little tiny jar and it's like, I don't know, three to $5. And so then I got another one and then I was like, I am not buying this anymore. We are making it. And it's very simple to make. And you know, I could include the recipe in the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 141 for anybody who wants it. So if you're live here today, that won't be there. But if you're listening to this podcast when it's released, I'll have the Gamazio recipe typed right up with the notes and you can make your own Gamazio or you can search on the internet. I think I've seen a recipe at maybe Mountain Rose Herbs. I'm not sure. You can make your own soap and toiletries. Now, this isn't food, but it has to do with our skin and cleanliness. And so often, you know, people are picking these things up at the grocery store, their toiletries and such. And for those of us that are a little bit crunchy, we actually use food ingredients to make them. So make your own soap, make your own deodorant, make your own toothpaste. You're going to save a lot of money, especially if you're buying the natural ones that are out there. They are costly and you can make them yourself. Um, I make taco seasoning in bulk, such a cost savings. Exactly. That's a prime example of something that you can make yourself. Seasoning mixes save tons of money making those. Now, if you take, or tip number five, I'm going to move on here. Thank you everyone for the love and the comments. I'm seeing them, really appreciating them. And I love the live interaction here. Just a reminder for anybody who may have come in, I'm on Periscope right now recording uh, my podcast, Know Your Food with Wardy, and we're talking about eight tips to rein in your real food budget. So tip number five, if you have a certain amount of money to spend every month on your food budget and you stick with it, which you know is a good idea for all of us, um, why don't you allocate a certain amount of that to put toward Uh, bulk food purchases. And it can be whatever you can afford, $25, $50. I don't know what it is for you, $100. But if you could allocate a certain amount of that to stock up and make bulk purchases that can beef up your pantry, you'll, you'll, you'll stock up for a time and you'll also save money pound for pound or whatever the unit is. So that's like a whole half of a whole or half of a beef. Actually, what we do is, um, we have certain savings accounts every month. And we sock away a certain amount of 
money every month for the, the annual or twice a year beef purchase. Same, same thing that we sock away a little bit for our auto insurance or our medical expenses that we pay out of pocket. We just, we, we average out what they're going to cost for the whole year and we decide how much every month is going to be saved for that. So then when it's time to make the beef purchase or buy, you know, the fuel for the pellet stove, which was currently our heat source or, you know, or whatnot, um, we just, we have that money. It doesn't come out of the regular budget because it's socked away in the savings. Well, you can either allocate a certain amount of your food budget every month to making special bulk purchases, or additionally, you can allocate a certain amount, move it into a savings account, and then you pay out of that account for occasional bulk purchases that would have to do with your food. Now, if you combine that tip, which was number five, to allocate a certain number or a certain amount of your budget every month to those bulk purchases, you can combine that number five with this tip, number six, to save even more money on your bulk purchases, and that is to watch sales. There are certain local and online suppliers. You may know of them. I have some of my own, and I watch them, or I get on their mailing list, and I've been shopping with them so long or paying attention so long that I know that a couple times a year they have a big sale. And that's when I spend those allocated bulk dollars on their foods. And so I save more, even more. So one example is we love Vital Choice canned salmon. It is hands down by far the best canned salmon out there. It doesn't taste fishy. It has a fantastic texture. And I'm going to say that tip in just a moment. Thank you so much, Life Glorious. Actually, she says we live paycheck to paycheck, but a tip is to use the tax return um, to make extra bulk purchases. So that's a fantastic tip. So anyway, I watched Vital Choice. They have the best salmon, so we stock up on it. Like they have a really good normal price even on a case of 24 cans of canned salmon. But a couple times a year, they have a 10 or 15% off sale, which... Um, if you're on their, their mailing list, you'll hear about it. And mailing list is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash vital choice, V-I-T-A-L-C-H-O-I-C-E. That's their website, and you can get on their mailing list there. Anyway, they run occasional 10 to 15% off sales. So that's when I stock up, and I will buy three to four cases of 24 cans. They last us nearly a year. I buy it once a year. I not only get the case price, but I get an additional 10 to 15% off. Um, so that's just one example. Another example would be for members of traditional cooking school, we've worked out some um, coupons for you. And one thing that a lot of traditional cooking school uh, members are into are ancient grains like einkorn. We certainly are. And so we've worked out some deals with einkorn.com and Jovial Foods to pass on savings to members. So you could use those coupons with your bulk food allocation to purchase uh, einkorn in particular, but you can do that with any grain or bean where you know the supplier is going to have a sale. Like maybe you have a local farm and they're seasonal, um, like at their harvest time is the best, or they harvest and then the following year they're about to harvest again. So they're clearing out the previous year's harvest. In fact, einkorn.com does that. Um, another example would be uh, Chaffin Family Orchards out of California that does an amazing quality olive oil. Well, you can do, um, you can purchase parts of, you, you order before they actually harvest, and what you're ordering is two gallon sets of really high quality olive oil, and then they deliver it when they harvest. So you're kind of buying into the harvest, and then they deliver it early, like it's, I think they, 
it's January, February, or March, they're actually delivering the olive oil. Chaffin Family Art Orchards, you can Google that. That's another place. And there may be so many more. So if you know of any off the top of your head or you know, think about it, the show notes are at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 141. And um, if you're listening to this replay later, obviously it's not ready now with the, if you're participating live, but you can um, come on by and in the comments, add your sources, retail, um, online or wholesale or local suppliers that you watch for their seasonal clearouts or their seasonal sales. And then when you, if you do some bulk purchases or even smaller purchases, but anyway, what sales do you watch for quality real foods? All right, so that was number six. We have two more tips to go, and I just want to thank everyone for the hearts and comments. And we do have two more tips to go, even though we're at the end. If you like what you're hearing, please feel free to share. You can share on uh, Periscope, Twitter, or Facebook just by swiping uh, right or down, depending on your device. That is if you're live on Periscope with us right now. So tip number seven is to choose and use the cheapest form. See, we have choices. And remember, we were talking before about prioritizing. Well, prioritizing our needs. So you may be prioritizing a high fat and high quality protein, protein diet with you know, lots of fresh vegetables or cooked vegetables. But even within those categories, you have choices of which ones you're going to eat. So protein, for instance, quality eggs are so inexpensive in most areas of the world. Or you could do cheaper cuts of meats. Um, like eat a lot of organs and organs are usually very much more inexpensive. So, or instead of the more expensive cuts of meat, do the, the cheaper roasts and such and cook them long and low. Um, other examples, chicken is often less expensive than other kinds of meat and use the whole thing. You know, even the or use the organs, boil the bones and get stock. Um, use the whole thing. Don't let anything go to waste. If you're, if you're trying to balance the whole raw milk um, equation, a raw milk is expensive, do you know that you could buy a lower quality milk, like a um, low temp pasteurized milk, you know, something that you feel okay about, and you could culture that and use that like for your yogurt, your kefir, because the culturing makes it better, and then you could reserve um, like the raw milk for actually drinking uh, uh, fresh, you know, no culturing. So you've made pasteurized milk better by culturing, and then you're drinking the raw milk. So you, you've chosen a cheaper option for what you culture. It's a trade-off a lot of people make. And once again, no guilt there. That is, could be seen by some people as a compromise. It could be seen by some people as this is the way that we can make the most of the raw milk we do purchase. And I'm getting awesome tip in the comments. Thank you. I'm also getting fermenting, dehydrating, or freezing organic food while it's in season for use throughout the year. Exactly. That's just another way to capitalize on it. Um, I was about to mention something on that. Like if you need to have a lot of produce, the cheapest form of produce is usually what's in season right now. So don't buy the out of season expensive produce, buy the, the cheaper produce that's in season. And then if you do even more, you make those bulk purchases and you preserve it, you can have it out of season at the in season price. Other examples, your baking fat. What is your, in your area, your least expensive baking fat? So if it's if coconut oil is less expensive than butter or if butter is less expensive than coconut oil, so then use that for the volume of your baking. 
Um, here's an example with us. We make homemade mayo and I love avocado oil for mayo, but it's, it's more expensive. So I use like one fourth avocado oil and three fourths of a less expensive, high quality oil, like an expeller pressed grapeseed oil or milder olive oil. So I get some avo in there, but I don't use a whole cup of avocado oil. I use a quarter cup. Um, Desserts could be more expensive to make or buy than seasonal uh, fruits. So that's another place where you can have a treat, but you've chosen a cheaper option for it. And there are so many other um, cheaper options than the ones I've mentioned. Okay, so tip number eight is, this is our final tip. Thank you everyone for being here, for all your comments and your love. I really appreciate it. It's been so fun. So tip number eight is, What can you do without? Um, If you come to the end of the month and there's like more needs than budget for food, you can preempt it, of course, but you might be at the end of the month and you're like, I have to go without some things in order to afford groceries. There's kind of multiple ways to come up against this wall. But if you're always asking yourself, what can I do without? What can we do without? Things we don't need so that we can do the food purchases that we do need. It's kind of like prioritizing, but we're looking at other areas of the budget. What I mean by prioritizing, it's kind of like the prioritizing tip on what are the most important places for me to spend our food dollars in terms of food. But in this one, you're looking at what other areas of my life can I simplify or do without so that we can have that money or even more money toward food. So eating out, entertainment, including even in-home movies. There's cheap ways to rent movies versus um, expensive ways to rent movies. Maybe Netflix or Amazon Prime is much more affordable than bringing home a 3 to $4 rental from the local store. In the comments, I'm seeing cable bill versus food. Yes, that is a choice that all of us make. There's so many real foodies that go without cable or other like entertainment things so that we can have better food. So if you have cable, is that something that you could do without? Uh, back to the movies thing. You might be able to find free movies online, which I am not advocating. I'm just mentioning it. <laughs> um, can you take less trips to town? Use less money on gas. Can you, um, instead of going to the grocery store multiple times per week, go once per week? Not only will you save money just because of that impulse shopping thing, but you'll spend less on gas getting to and fro. So that can make an impact on your budget. Uh, And overall, just stay home more. Enjoy your family more. Do more in-home activities rather than running around here and there. You'll save money on gas. Um, Is there any debt that you could pay off so then you're not losing money on servicing that debt, the interest payments. Plus, if you pay off the debt, you don't actually have the monthly debt payment, much less the interest payment. Now, this is easier said than done. And there's like Dave Ramsey, there's programs out there that can um, help you get out of debt, no matter big or small. Sev is saying, just don't take away your husband's favorite junk foods and cable away at the same time. <laughs> same time. Yeah, good one. I mean, we do, we do have to be careful with the feelings of our family, right? So yeah, that is totally understood and a very good tip, Sev. Um, can you buy used instead of new? This has to do with furniture, clothing, all kinds of things. Just watch Craigslist and eBay. Anytime you need something, see if there's a used option or even rent. Like maybe there's some piece of equipment that you need just once in the year uh, for an event or something. Can you rent it instead of buy it? 
can you go, I mentioned in a previous podcast, um, what was her name? I don't, Lisi maybe, she talked about how in her local community, she and her friends don't, they don't all purchase all the same kitchen equipment, but they share, they share the mill and the dehydrator. So if that's a possibility for you, maybe you have a really, your neighbor is your best friend, you're into the same things, or your mom or your sister, your brother, and you have separate families, but you're close enough so that you can share. Maybe that's a possibility for you. Another thing, don't use paper or plastic products, consumables, disposables. Don't use those or don't use them very much. Be very, very choosy about the occasions when you use them. Uh, we used to go through paper towels and napkins and I, it was probably like 10 years ago and we were like, why are we buying this? And we just stopped buying it and all of a sudden we didn't need them anymore. You know, we have towels, we have washcloths. If we really need to blow our nose, we use toilet paper. <laughs> so uh, there, there are all kinds of things that you can do without in terms of disposables. Now, I, you know, we still purchase some Ziploc bags and I use them, but I wash them and I reuse them as much as possible. But I also consider, you know, every situation where you need to use a Ziploc bag, you ask yourself, do I really need to use a Ziploc bag here? Could I do something else? You know, do I have a glass storage dish or a mason jar or something that I could use instead of a Ziploc bag? Uh, those kind of questions. What can you do without? So I've been through the eight tips and I'm just going to quickly summarize them. One is to take the right perspective, compare the right things. It's not just junk food is less expensive than real food. You'd have to think about the long-term costs. Number two was to prioritize what is really important for your family, what foods are most important for your healing and your dietary needs. Tip three is to stop feeling guilty that you're spending money on real food. Number four was to make instead of buy. Five was to allocate a certain amount of your budget each month to bulk food purchases. Number six is to watch sales, especially on bulk food purchases, because you can have a huge impact there. Seven was to choose and use the cheaper form of the food groups. And eight is what can you do without? It's been wonderful to visit with you. I have a couple resources I want to tell you about, and they will be listed in the show notes when this podcast is released at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 141. We have an article at traditionalcookingschool.com by Lindsay. It's called The Hidden Cost of Junk Food Plus Ideas to Stretch Your Food Budget. I have a link there at the show notes. If you want to see it right now, you could go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash stretch. Or if you're listening to this, just go to that link to read that article. There's a great book by Stephanie Langford from Keeper of the Home called Real Food on a Real Budget. And she gives really practical ways to um, have a modest budget and actually to build up a significant real food pantry, chipping away at it a little bit at a time. There's two blogs that I love that are very frugal and have good frugal tips. Probably the best one is Don't Waste the Crumbs by my friend Tiffany Crumbs. And also there's Katie from kitchenstewardship.com. Check those two out. You are so welcome. I appreciate that. She's saying thank you. You're an amazing wealth of information. Well, I am. I have been blessed so much by wise people and great information out there. We have a wonderful community uh, to learn and live with. So I appreciate that so much. Um, if you're live with me here and you know of a resource, you can pop it in the comments really quick and I will say it on the air. Or if you have a question, I'm going to have time for a couple questions before I wrap up this recording. I'm getting a very inspiring. Well, you're so welcome. I appreciate that. So good to hear. Uh, Debbie Spinner. 
it's a little bit hard for me to see the names, the handles. So if you put your comment, I should have said this earlier, put your comment and include your first name. I can read it. We are blessed to have each other, says Moms with Alice. Yes, we are. And the hearts are still flowing. You guys are so good to me. Any other comments? Okay. Well, let me just do some parting notes. I appreciate that you've been with me on Know Your Food with Wardy episode 141. The show notes are at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 141. If you're listening to this now, there is also a video embedded in that show notes post. So if you want to switch your medium, go ahead, visit knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 141. You can watch the video instead. Or if you're watching the video and you got to gotta get up and do something, you can switch over to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes and load up this episode on your mobile device. You can also use the podcast app. Um or Stitcher. They all just search for Know Your Food with Wardy and then subscribe. And thank you all so much for joining me. God bless you. And I'll talk to you again in another week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.